what is up everybody i hope you're having an absolutely fantastic day wherever you may be listening from thank you so much for tuning in to in the neutral zone the podcast where we talk about all things sports my name is gabrielle gordon and once again i thank you so much for joining me today so this show is hitting you live today at 10 a.m eastern standard time it is time for sunday football however some parts of this podcast are pre-recorded therefore if any changes do happen in nfl teams lineups you could always check out my twitter at the gabby gordon and i will update accordingly based on anything that may happen throughout the league but anyways let's get right down to business today let's really quickly recap the thursday night football game uh, as the giants visited washington at fedex field That was a close one, another Thursday night thriller. We saw it with Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, and Thursday night was Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke. So that Thursday night game was a one-point differential, 30-29, to Washington taking the W over the Giants, who are now 0-2 on the year. Washington moves to an even 1-1. And we have to be real here. Multiple missed opportunities for the New York Giants Thursday night. Just multiple missed opportunities. You had the deep ball by Daniel Jones targeted for uh, Darius Slayton. He can't come up with it off his fingertips. Let's be honest with that play. I think the ball was placed perfectly by Daniel Jones, and it's Daniel Jones we're talking about. So you can't expect a ton out of him. He's no Tom Brady. He's no Aaron Rodgers. He's no you know, whatever you want to call him, but he placed that ball perfectly. And it was right in the end zone, right for Slayton, and it rolled right off his fingertips. Then, of course, you have the ending of the game with the penalty where he missed the field goal, but then got to go and do a quote-unquote do-over, which saved him and his team because he would have blown it for his team there. Multiple missed opportunities. A winning team or a team that's at least looking to make the playoffs this year after, you know, multiple years without a playoff appearance, that's not how you do it. If you are going to miss those chances to get on top, to take the win, then you are not a winning team. And winning teams make those plays. We're seeing a consistent problem with Daniel Jones in the pocket getting sacked continuously too many times if that's an online problem or a daniel jones problem it's got to be figured out it's not working and then we spoke about this on the thursday night football pregame show about one of the major points was saquon barkley can he break loose we saw a little glimpse of what we've been hoping for on thursday night he had that 40 yard run which looked typical of saquon barkley it looked more like him as a player But then again, he didn't do anything really after that. So still maybe a bit concerning if you're a Giants fan. The team isn't really looking like it's totally clicked. But it was still an offensive game. I was wrong. I said it was going to be a defensive struggle. I thought that both teams wouldn't put up that many points. And we'd see a lot of the defenses. But I was proven to be wrong. 30-29, to Washington is on top. So back-to-back Thursdays where we've had thrilling, thrilling offensive games. Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, this week proved to be Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke. High-scoring Thursday night football games, the matchups 
which we thought wouldn't really thrill us, are proving to be wrong. And I'm enjoying it. These Thursday night football games are exciting to watch. But that does it for your Thursday night football analysis from this week. And now it is time for the Sunday Slate. Welcome to this week's Sunday Slate. Sunday Slate is a segment in which we will go through all of the Sunday football games for each week of the NFL season, say a couple words about them, and then I will make my pick. So we'll get right down to it, and we'll start with the 1 p.m. games. The Patriots will be playing at MetLife Stadium, facing off against the Jets. Both of those teams are 0-1. New England has won 10 straight games versus the Jets. And you know what? I'm riding with New England this week. I think Mac Jones is really promising. I think he's going to be one of the best out of his draft class, and especially against the New York Jets. I think he could open up this offense this week. Moving on to the Broncos-Jaguars game. The Broncos will be visiting the Jaguars. The Broncos are 1-0, and Jaguars 0-1. Jacksonville has lost 16 straight games which is the longest streak since Cleveland from 2016-2017. The Jaguars are looking to get back on track with rookie Trevor Lawrence, and the Broncos are looking to earn their second win on the year. Part of me wants to go with Trevor Lawrence this week because part of me feels that there is bigger incentives in this game for him to win, maybe proving to the world a little bit more who he is and spreading out his name, especially after the loss a blowout loss uh, last week, but I just don't. I just don't see them beating the Broncos. I I see the Jaguars making this a close game, but I'm gonna go with the Broncos. Then we move on to Hard Rock Stadium. The Dolphins will be hosting the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins one and zero. The Bills zero and one. Buffalo has won five straight games versus Miami, and they have scored thirty plus points in each game. That statistic right there is why I am riding with the Buffalo Bills this week. I think Josh Allen is going to show up this week and possibly even go off this week, especially after the loss in week one. He's got a grit. He's got a fire in his bones, and I think he's going to absolutely rock Hard Rock Stadium. Next up, we've got the Eagles hosting the 49ers at Lincoln Financial Field. Philadelphia has 21-plus points in 11 straight games versus San Francisco. However, I am going with the 49ers this week. Both teams are 1-0 heading into Week 2. I'm going with the 49ers. I think that even though they're the away team, they're going to upset the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. I think that it could be a close game, but I'm going to ride with the 49ers. All right, then Lucas Oil Stadium, the Rams at the Colts. Indianapolis is 5-0 and in games following a loss in 2020. The Colts obviously lost in Week 1. The Rams won. I'm going with the Colts this week. I think that this is another team that's got fire in their bones and wants to prove, prove to the world, Especially after the blowout loss against the Seahawks last Sunday, I think that they really, really want to get this win, get the first win out of the way, and I think that they're going to outplay the Rams. Moving on to Heinz Field, the Steelers hosting the Raiders, both teams 1-0. and 
Something to note here is that six of the last eight matchups between these two have been decided by three points or fewer. I think this game is going to be a close one once again. I think the Raiders are going to upset the Steelers. Derek Carr is going to outplay Ben Roethlisberger. Mark my words. Carr is another guy who has a lot to prove this year. He hasn't proven to be the franchise quarterback that the Raiders have hoped for for the majority of his career, so I think that he's going to come out there and shock Heinz Field. Here is a interesting game to note. At Soldier Field, Andy Dalton will be facing his former team, now a Bear. He's going to be facing off against the Bengals home this week. Facing off against Joe Burrow, I have to go with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And not because I'm a Packer fan, not because I don't like the Bears, not because I don't like Andy Dalton, because I I honestly don't have anything against Andy Dalton. But I just think the pressure is going to get to him. He's going to try and overperform, maybe throw a pick or two. The Bengals are going to get on top. Now moving on to First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. The Browns will be facing off against the Texans. The Browns starting their season 0-1. The Texans starting theirs 1-0. However, Cleveland is 5-0 in games following a loss under head coach Kevin Stefanski. By that statistic, by that logic, they should be winning the next five games in a row. And I think that they will take this one at least against the Texans. I don't think this game is going to be close. They are home. The Browns are just a better team than the Texans overall. I think that they are going to take this win with absolutely no struggle whatsoever. And our final 1 o'clock game, the Panthers hosting the Saints. Both teams are 1-0. New Orleans has won four straight games versus the Carolina Panthers. But as you saw last week against a very good Packers team, The Saints absolutely blew them out. I am still upset about it, but again, I have to keep reminding myself that it is only week one and I can't freak out yet. Jameis Winston looked phenomenal, and I've been predicting for him to look phenomenal because, again, he is another guy that has a lot to prove for his career. Can he be the franchise quarterback that follows Drew Brees' legacy? Can he be? He's trying very hard to be. And I think he's going to outperform against the Panthers, and I think he is going to have another spectacular Sunday. Let's move on to some of the late afternoon games. We'll start with the Vikings at the Cardinals at State Farm Stadium. That that one starts at 4.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Vikings are 0-1, Cardinals are 1-0. The home team has won each of the last seven matchups between the Vikings and the Cardinals. This week, the Cardinals will be the home team, and I think that they are going to come on top. Kyler Murray had a fantastic opening day. I think he is not going to disappoint us again this week, and I think he is going to, I wouldn't say blow out the Vikings, but I don't think it's going to be particularly close. But he will get on top. They will get the W. The other 4.05 p.m. game at Raymond James Stadium will be the Falcons at the Bucks. The Falcons are 0-1, the Bucks are 1-0. Tom Brady is 8-0 with his career record versus Atlanta, which includes the playoffs. I think this one for me is a no-brainer. I got the Bucks 110%. Not going to lie, though, I think it would be pretty interesting to see the Falcons beat them at their home stadium. I think that would be a fantastic game to to see them completely 
you know, come in to Raymond James Stadium and blow out the Bucks, that'd be an interesting matchup. But it probably won't happen. At least most likely. Tom Brady won't let that happen. I'll tell you that. Next up, a 425 game. The Titans at the Seahawks. Titans are 0-1, Seahawks are 1-0. Derrick Henry and Chris Carson both rank top five in rush yards since 2018. I think this is going to be a high offensive scoring game. We're going to see a lot of great plays by both Derrick Henry and Chris Carson. I think that they're going to be in a battle this week. But ultimately, I think that the Seahawks are going to continue their hot streak and come out on top. I do think Derrick Henry is going to have a great day on the ground rushing, but it's not going to be enough to get them the win. All right, our last 425 game at SoFi Stadium will be the Cowboys at the Chargers. The Cowboys are 0-1, Chargers 1-0. The Chargers have won four of their last five games versus Dallas. I think they're going to lose this week. I keep going with the upsets, and it's probably going to prove me wrong. And next episode, I'm probably going to be going through all of these, and they're going to be incorrect, incorrect, incorrect. But I'm going with the Cowboys. Again, Dak Prescott competing for comeback player of the year, competing to reestablish his career in Dallas. I think that he's going to ball against the Chargers, even though that they are the away team. I think that they're going to come out on top. And our final game of the Sunday slate at 8.20 p.m. at M&T Bank Stadium will be the Chiefs at the Ravens. This is an exciting matchup. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs are 1-0, Ravens 0-1. Patrick Mahomes is 11-0, has an 11-0 record, 35 pass touchdowns, and zero interceptions in his career in the month of September. He was hot last week. I think that they're going to take this game against the Ravens. The Ravens will be 0-2 to move into Week 3. I think Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are going to really, really connect this week. And even though this is not part of the Sunday slate, we do still include it in the segment. The Monday night football game at 8.15 will be played at Lambeau Field this week against the Lions. Aaron Rodgers is 8-0 in his career record at home on Monday night football. I think that they are going to beat the Lions. I would hope that they beat the Lions. Both teams are 0-1. Both teams took tough losses. Uh, last Sunday, I think the Packers are going to hopefully get back on track against the Lions this week. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your Sunday slate for week two of the NFL season. So it is now time to answer your fantasy football questions for week two, this is Fantasy Football Focus. So unfortunately for myself, I actually lost in week one of fantasy. It was a close game. It was a close game. I was expecting a big night out of Mark Andrews, and he didn't quite show up to the table with the points that I needed. I needed him to score like 25 points, and he just didn't. So I lost. Uh, but again, it's only week one. But now it is time to answer your fantasy football questions. So we are going to start it off with, from my Twitter, uh, Jason Levin asks, full PPR, Jarvis Landry, or Juju Smith-Schuster? So Landry is home against Houston. Juju's home against the Raiders. For this one, for me, if it was me, I'd go Jarvis Landry just because the Raiders are coming off of a good game and probably not looking to slow down anytime soon. 
Also, Juju, to me, he just doesn't seem like the guy anymore in Pittsburgh. He doesn't seem like he has the same connection with Ben, with Big Ben than he that he did in his rookie year. I think we're going to see more of Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson uh, this week, less Juju Smith-Schuster. So for me, I say go Jarvis Landry all the way against Houston this week. Alrighty, so next up we got Dave who asks, who do you like better in a PPR? DJ Moore or Julio Jones this week? Thanks for your question, Dave. So DJ Moore is going to be home against the New Orleans Saints, and Julio Jones will be away against Seattle this week. And Julio Jones, he really didn't have a great opening day uh, for week one. He just, he was held, I believe I'm looking at the stats right now, to a 329-0. So he caught three of six targets for 29 yards in the, the Titans' week one loss to the Cardinals, scoring... 5.9 fantasy points, according to Yahoo Sports. That's not very promising. Again, could he go off against the Seahawks? He could. He very well could. But do I think he will against the Seahawks, who are coming off of a big victory? I don't think that's the safest thing to do this week. So I think that the best bet would be to start DJ Moore home against the New Orleans Saints. All right, let's switch over to the TikTok. I'm going to answer some of the TikTok um, fantasy questions. The first one we got here is Jameis Winston or Ryan Tannehill. So Winston is at Carolina this week. Tannehill is at Seattle this week. And as I spoke about prior to uh, this segment, Jameis Winston went off against the Packers, which is something that we did not expect him to do. And I'm not just talking about Packer fans. I'm talking about... You know, like NFL experts, they did not expect that to be a blowout game the way that it was. Jameis Winston showed up and got the job done, plain and simple. That right there, for me, is an indication that we need to start him this week. You have to start him this week, especially over Ryan Tannehill, who is facing a good Seattle defense. Jameis Winston is probably your best choice. He is coming off of a hot, hot start, and he Certainly doesn't have any implications of slowing down anytime soon, especially against Carolina. It's an easier matchup than Tannehill um, versus Seattle. I go Jameis Winston there. That's what I would do. Okay, so if any more questions pop up in the queue, we'll try and get to them. I'm going to go through my quarterback must starts for week two. Number one, Kyler Murray versus Minnesota. Again, Murray is coming off of a hot start week one. He's got to be starting in your fantasy lineups this week. Number two, Patrick Mahomes at Baltimore. We spoke about this matchup during the Sunday Slate segment. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league right now. There's no question about it. Aaron Rodgers may have won MVP last year, but Patrick Mahomes is currently the best quarterback in the league. He is going to light up Baltimore. And look, I could be wrong. You can't take my word for it. But Patrick Mahomes should and is very capable of lighting up Baltimore. My third quarterback must start is Russell Wilson versus Tennessee. Wilson had a great game week one. Again, Tennessee, he's home. He looks like he's going to have a good week. Now my fourth must start, and you may be a little skeptical based on last week, is Aaron Rodgers. Look, he had an awful, awful week one. No question about it. But he is playing against Detroit this week. And the Lions, 
defense is something that he can easily, easily stampede through. He can absolutely blow that defense open, and he's at Lambeau, and it's Monday Night Football, right? The spotlight is on him. The world is looking to see how he will bounce back from probably one of his worst starts in his entire career. I think that he's got the upside. Number five, I got Tom Brady versus Atlanta this week. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. The Buccaneers are the Buccaneers. And that's all you need to know about that one. Start Tom Brady. I have Tom Brady, and I certainly will be starting him. Now, I did say to start Patrick Mahomes at Baltimore. But I also am going to say start Lamar Jackson versus Kansas City. And I'll tell you why. These offenses are going to produce points this week. Whether Lamar Jackson outplays Patrick Mahomes or not, he is still going to put up a significant amount of points. A significant amount of points, especially against Kansas City because he's going to have to work for every single touchdown. My seventh quarterback, Dak Prescott, versus the Chargers. Again, Prescott is coming off of a great game back. We'll put it that way. They didn't win, but it was a great game back um, from his his gruesome injury. He looked great. He looks like he really wants it. It could be a gamble against the Chargers, but I think he's going to perform. And last but not least, number eight on my quarterback must-start list. It, again, could be a gamble here against the San Francisco 49ers, but I'm going to say go ahead and start Jalen Hurts. Go ahead and start him. I have a feeling that he is going to break open this week against San Francisco. He is a young guy who, again, this has been the theme of, of the show, has a lot to prove. He has to prove that he can be the franchise guy. You know, he is still playing for a job. So I think that he's going to perform this week. And again, this is all like I thinks, I thinks, I thinks. You can't take my word for it. But based on my analysis, based on the defense, and based on the situation, because he is a home he's home this week, go ahead and start Jalen Hurts. See what it see where it gets you. So those are my eight quarterbacks that you really should start. Those are my must start quarterbacks. I'm going to go through stronger starts, not a must start, but some strong starts that you might want to consider. So number one, I got Joe Burrow at Chicago. The Rams exposed the big holes in the Bears' pass defense, and Burrow also has receivers who can give them fits short to deep, outside to inside. And there is a little bit of an interesting situation surrounding this game. Andy Dalton is playing against his former team. You know, whether that means a lot to Joe Burrow or not, I think the competitive side of Burrow may show a little bit more this week at Chicago just because he's now the starting quarterback. He's now back. He is the Bengals guy uh, looking to lead a franchise. So maybe the competitive side will make him show up a little bit more. And then my other strong start, I would go with Baker Mayfield versus Houston this week. Mayfield played really well in Kansas City until that final interception with a 300-yard no-touchdown anomaly. So here he gets the scores working off play action early to get enough big plays to put the game away. I think that he will look good, he will look good versus Houston. He looked good against Kansas City again until that final interception. I think he's a strong start. The fantasy question about Jarvis Landry or Juju Smith-Schuster before also has to do with Baker Mayfield because I think that those two are going to click this week. So now here are some of my weaker starts going in to Sunday. Number one, Tua Tagovailoa versus Buffalo. 
Tua is getting too much attention as a fantasy-relevant quarterback in general, right? He scratched out so-so numbers against the Patriots' defense, and the Bills did show up well on that side of the ball versus Ben Roethlisberger. Tua, to me, just doesn't seem like a smart start. If he's your only option, then you don't have a choice. But Tua seems like a weak start. It seems like Buffalo's going to eat him up. And if I were you and you had the option, I would not start him. Another weak start is Trevor Lawrence versus the Broncos this week. He could put up Daniel Jones-like numbers this Sunday, but the Jags plan to go run heavier, and the turnovers will still happen, right? He's still a rookie. This is literally only week two of his entire career. His turnovers are still going to happen, and the Jags are going to go run heavy. So I just don't think it's a smart decision to start him. And then two guys that you absolutely cannot start this week. Do not do it. Don't make the mistake. Do not start Jared Goff at Green Bay. And do not start Tyrod Taylor at Cleveland. Self-explanatory. Don't need to go into that. They are deep traps. Do not do it. All right, really quickly. Three running back must starts. Alvin Kamara at Carolina. Look, James Winston had a great game. They are still a run-heavy offense. They are still looking to run the ball. And Alvin Kamara probably will get a bulk of those. Number two, Christian McCaffrey versus New Orleans. Coming back from the injury, people were skeptical. I was skeptical. I had the first pick, and I drafted him. He did not disappoint week one. Start Christian McCaffrey. He is the best running back in the league. And my final running back must start, Derrick Henry at Seattle. I don't think anyone would sit Derrick Henry anyway, but you got to start the man. The man's stiff arm is killer, 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 and he is top three running back. I've always had the confliction between him and CMC, and I know that the football world has that confliction. I think when McCaffrey's healthy, he is a better running back than Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry is a a phenomenal running back, so you got to start him. Then some strong starts. I like Chase Edmonds versus Minnesota. Edmonds is going to be a reliable running back too most weeks in his offense. And the Vikings struggled with Joe Mixon in week one. And James Conner isn't cutting into Edmonds' key touches. He just, he's not. Chase Edmonds is not being uh, affected by James Conner. I also like A.J. Dillon this week versus Detroit. He's the new Williams, and he should dent Detroit for some good cleanup work in the second half to supplement Jones to maybe give you some flex appeal. Put him in as your flex starter. I could see him scoring a good amount of points this week. Now some weaker starts. I don't like Miles Gaskin against Buffalo. He couldn't get going against the Patriots, and the Bills' run defense was sturdy against the Steelers. So based on that, I just don't see him doing much this week against Buffalo. I wouldn't start Mike Davis at Tampa. Cordaro Patterson looked better, and there's also Wayne Goldman as an option at some point. So regardless, this matchup is awful against the league's nastiest run defense in Tampa Bay. Uh, Another weak start, all Jets running backs, like all of them at New England. Until they realize that rookie Michael Carter is their best backfield option to overcome their O-line issues, I can't try to force a Tevin Coleman or Ty Johnson type thing. Just be nice to yourself, don't punish yourself, and just sit the Jets running backs against New England. Please just sit them. And last but not least, a weak start, Naeem Hines versus the Rams. He was just okay in PPR, but
but Jonathan Taylor owners must be happy that the latter is still being deployed as the better backfield option. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get most of the carries, and Naeem Hines is kind of just going to be behind him, so I would not start him. It wouldn't be smart. Okay, three must-start wide receivers this week. Devontae Adams versus Detroit. Look, he was pretty much double-covered the entire game week one last week, and you didn't see much of him because of it. He's going to run through this Detroit defense. Uh, Secondly, I like uh, DeAndre Hopkins versus Minnesota. Again, he's a beast. I also do like Justin Jefferson at Arizona this week. I think that he can really connect. I think that maybe he won't have the biggest, biggest game, but I think he's a must-start. Some stronger starts, I like Chase Claypool rather than Juju, to reiterate that fantasy question. I like Chase Claypool. Pittsburgh's passing game should wake up to shred the, to shred the Raiders, and there's room for really all three wide receivers in Pittsburgh to raise their production, but I think Chase Claypool is going to be the number one this week. I also think a strong start this week could be Corey Davis at New England. Davis is going to get a break with no Stephon Gilmore. He's out with a quad injury. And although the matchup isn't the best, garbage time volume will probably help again. If they are down by a lot, you know, you see garbage points here and there from Davis. I think you you can get some good uh, fantasy points out of him this week. Some weak starts, I'm going to run through them really fast. Brandon Ayuk at Philadelphia. You don't want to take a chance that he won't be hamstrung and a non-factor for Kyle Shanahan again. Don't take the chance. Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold's going to need to check down a lot more against the Saints' pass rush to secondary, and the big play isn't going to happen this week. It's just not. Cortland Sutton at Jacksonville. I wasn't really feeling him post-knee injury with him with Bridgewater. So it's going to be nice if he showed some old form first, but I wouldn't trust him. I have him on my fantasy team. And I'm skeptical. I am skeptical. All Jaguars wide receivers, I just wouldn't start. The three juniors, if you want to say, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, and LaVisca Chenault, they looked pretty good with Trevor Lawrence in the opener, but the Broncos are a tough pass defense. Um, deep traps, don't start them. Jalen Rager, Russell Gage, and all of the Raiders at Pittsburgh. I have Russell Gage. He will be on my bench. Really quickly again, tight end must starts. Start Travis Kelsey. Start Darren Waller. Start Mark Andrews. Start Kyle Pitts. Start TJ Hawkinson. Some stronger starts we could see. You could take a chance on Janu Smith. I think that he'll work out. Tyler Higby. Robert Tanyan, I think, is going to get nice targets from Rodgers this week. Uh, Gerald Everett. David Njoku. I think that they all could have big weeks. Um, a bargain here, like an up-and-down kind of player, probably Jared Cook. You can't put your full trust in him, but you would be, you could be surprised at the production he could bring to the table this week. Some weaker starts, I'd say Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, Mike Gazicki, Zach Ertz, Juwan Johnson. Um, those are my weak starts at tight end. I wouldn't take the chance. And then last but not least, some of my defense must-starts. Start the Rams, start the Patriots, I'd start the Browns, I'd start the Bucks, I'd start the Steelers, I'd start the Saints. Again, you could gamble on all of them, but I think these are must-starts based on their matchups. Many people are afraid to take a gamble on the Packers defense this week. I tried to get them in the waiver wire, I was unsuccessful. But again, it's the Lions they're facing off against, so I think we could put some more faith in them. 
Some stronger starts this week would be the Bills, the Saints, the Seahawks. A bargain this week for me would probably be the Cardinals versus Minnesota. Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt get to attack a shaky Vikings offensive line, and they will pressure Kirk Cousins into a bad mis- into a bad mistake possibly. But it is it, it's it's a bargain. Um, some weaker starts this week. I wouldn't go with the 49ers. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. They do look put together as a team. The Panthers. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a chance on the Ravens. I mean, you saw them play against Derek Carr. Are you really going to play them against Patrick Mahomes? The Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Bears are all, for me, weak starts. If I didn't get to your fantasy football question this week, I apologize. You can always ask it again through TikTok or Twitter. Again, at the Gabby Gordon on both of those platforms, and I will try and answer it before game time. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is your fantasy football focus for week two of the NFL. So that is is a wrap on today's show. Let's take a little recap of what we did. Went through the Sunday slate, going through all of the Sunday matchups for week two of the NFL season, and then moved into the fantasy football focus segment, taking a look at your fantasy football questions and my must-starts, strong starts, and weak starts for all of your fantasy football positions. And with that, I must say goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Sunday's episode. Can't wait for some football to start in just a few hours. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope that if you have any other fantasy football questions, I can get to them as soon as possible. But that'll do for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your Sunday and rest of your weekend and that the beginning of next week is great. Uh, Hopefully I will see you guys on Thursday for the Thursday night football pregame show But if anything changes, I will, of course, let you know the schedule behind that. So thank you so much for joining me. Be well. And as always, enjoy some football. I'll see you next time.